Hey, this is Price Wright. I'm the campus pastor at New City Church, Loma Vista, and this is our podcast. I want to thank you for joining us today. Special thanks in advance to those of you who give generously to New City. You make this ministry possible. To partner with New City, click the link in the description. I hope this message inspires you to trust in and live like Jesus. If it does, don't forget to subscribe, share it on social media, or make sure to send it to your friends. I hope you enjoy the message. New City Church, listen, you need to know about the inner circle, the importance of your inner circle. Why? Because iron sharpens iron. We're going to dive into it today. Jesus tells us how important it is that you have your inner circle built and pruned. There are seasons that people are going to come in your life and they're going to leave out of your life. So today as we dig into the circle, the inner circle, I hope that you see and understand how important it is for you to have your arsenal of spiritual weapons of offensive and defensive prepared for battle as God has called us to be prepared for the battles not against flesh and blood. Against principalities, uh, it's against the principalities and, and spiritual rulers in high places. And so we have to understand how important it is, how vital it is that we really have our inner circles correct. For the next month, we'll be talking about circles, right? The family circle, the spiritual family circle, uh, the, the church family circle, and all of those, all of those elements coming together. There's a small piece in the middle that, that represents that inner circle. So I know I've said inner circle like six times, but I think you're going to get something great out of it today. I want to take a second to say thank you so much for joining joining us this morning. I know you've enjoyed the worship. It's been awesome, but I'm glad that you're here. I want to start out by just saying for the last four weeks, I have been so excited, so proud of our body, New City Church, Loma Vista, specifically and especially as I'm the campus pastor there. I have seen your faithfulness with giving, and I thank you so much for your generosity. Why? Here's why. Because as you give generously towards the causes that we have and the vision that we have for this season, that coronavirus has stopped us from being able to be together in the local churches. We've continued to plan and plot how we're going to establish more opportunities to disciple and make disciples who make disciples who make disciples. Our staff has been committed to excellence in this time and making sure our online tools are, are, are right on point for you as you study and, and research and learn and worship together with us. So we thank you so much for giving. I am so proud, so glad, so excited to see you generously giving. I pray that you will continue to do that. Continue to go forward in your giving. For those of you all who are new, who have never given, don't worry. I know you're not included in this moment, but I know you're going to give eventually. Why? Because God loves a cheerful giver. And for those of you who have a heart to give your tithes and your offerings and God has motivated you that way, I pray that you would do that consistently and faithfully. Thank you so much. I know I spoke a little fast because I'm excited. I'm excited to know that our church has continued to be faithful in the area of giving. This morning, I want to ask you, all of you active, all of you active uh, engagers who have been liking and putting emojis and saying amen and, and saying hello and all those good things, I pray that you would continue doing that. Why? Because as you actively engage, as you press and slam on the like button, it reminds me of you being in the sanctuary saying amen and agreeing and helping us to be encouraged as we speak and teach and preach and share the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ with you. So this morning, I'm praying that you would actively engage. And right now, at this moment, if you would begin to hit the hearts, begin to hit the thumbs up, begin to hit the smiley face. Why? I'm doing it because it's encouraging all of us in the body that we're here together. And the reason why I want you to do it is not only for encouragement, but because we're ready to go into the word of God. If you're ready to go into the word, begin to smash that button and let's smash it like we're crazy. God is good. We're going to go forward. Remember the topic is circles. We're talking about the inner circle. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you so much for your people. 
Thank you so much for New City Church as a whole, but not just New City Church, for the church all across the world that is going forward, even uh, in the midst of this season and the circumstances we're dealing with with coronavirus and, and with all the political things that are happening and, and, and just everything that's going on in this time. I thank you for your faithfulness to teach us in this moment how important it is that we solidify our circles, our inner circles, that we prune them and build them. Holy Spirit, direct us in your word. Direct us in your truth. Help us to understand what you have for us, God. Speak to us. Speak to our hearts, God. Forgive us for our sins and we truly definitely forgive those that have sinned against us. Teach us not to be cynical Teach us to be directed. Help us not to have unforgiveness in our hearts, God. I thank you for everyone that has taken time to listen, to watch, to share today. I thank you. I give you praise, honor, and glory. You are faithful. You are holy, and you're worthy of all praise. We thank you, and we give you praise in Jesus' mighty name. Let the church say amen. God is good. And I said something in that prayer. The Holy Spirit reminded me, and so I'm glad he reminded me, don't you forget to share this. I want to ask you not to do the watch parties because we love our stats. Why? Because we want to make sure we're serving you effectively and that God is doing great things and we're able to see. So I'm praying that you would just share this from the video and tell your friends to come on and check it out. They need to hear about the inner circle. We're going to Mark chapter 3 today. Go to Mark chapter 3 in your word. And the verses that we're going to focus on is Mark chapter 3 verse 20 through 35. But I want to set it up and give you the context of what we're talking about uh, dealing with the inner circle and Jesus speaking to different circles of people in, in this chapter here in Mark chapter 3. What we see is that Jesus has been doing incredible things. He just healed the man that was let down through the roof. The man stood up, he walked, and there's people in the, in the room, and everybody's blown away. Their mouths are on the floor. God has blown their minds. Incredible things are happening. He's beginning to move forward in his ministry, and all of a sudden, the people heard him say something specific. They heard him say, that he would forgive the sins of the man. He forgave the sins of the man that was a paralytic. And that man got up and walked. He said, can I forgive your sins or do you want me to make you rise up and walk? Your sins are forgiven. And they were like, wow, this guy is heresy. It's blasphemy. And they began to plot on how to kill Jesus. And so we see the, the, the church, the, the establishment of that time, the, the people who were around him, who knew him as a teacher, who knew him as a rabbi, they begin to say, he has a demon. They begin to call out and say, he has a demon. He's led by the power of Beelzebub. And they begin to talk against him and call him crazy and, and a fanatic. And then his family, his immediate family, his brothers and his sisters, they ran to his aid. If you look at the, the, the heart of the context of the scripture, they weren't necessarily talking about him. They cared for him. And they were saying, hey, he's just crazy. They knew the people, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the scribes of the Pharisees. They knew they wanted to kill Jesus. And so his brothers and sisters, the heart of the text to commentators worldwide, it seems as if they were saying, He's just crazy. He just lost his mind a little bit. So even his immediate family was saying that he was crazy and that he had lost his mind here in chapter 3. But then there was another circle that Jesus had begun to build with the apostles, the disciples that he chose. He chose them intentionally, specifically, and individually. They had a specific DNA just like you and I right now. No, we're not the apostles. No, we're not the disciples. But God in his gracious glory, in his plan, in his ultimate favor, he chose them just like he chose you. He's giving you a unique gift. And so he chose these apostles and disciples and he began to prune them and, and train them and dig with them. But out of that 12 disciples, there were three who was in his inner circle. That was Peter, James and John. And we see incredible stories with them that we're going to kind of touch on just a little bit later. But this inner circle was important to Jesus. And because it was important to Jesus, we must know 
that it is important for us right now. Your inner circle that you have, the people that you tell your deepest, your, 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 not your darkest, your deepest thoughts, the things that you're going through. And for some of you all, you may say, yeah, my darkest. But the deepest things you're thinking about, your dreams, your vision, your goals, you trust these people so you share the truth with them. My challenge for you today is if you have been heartbroken by somebody who was in your inner circle, I believe the Holy Spirit of God wants to heal you and relieve you from the baggage that you've been carrying and give you freedom and give you rest so that you can go forward and do what he's called you to do, which is to build that inner circle. You can't have too many. That's why Jesus had 12. And his innermost circle was three, maybe one or two others that might have been there, but it doesn't mention that in the scriptures. So we say three. And so we want to look at that today. I'm going to start here at the story with the two different circles, the church, the establishment of the church, right? Where he had those who were in the church who loved his word. They were soaking in his word. They were reading it. Then you had others who were just there for the miracles. Then you had those who did not like him, who felt that he was blaspheming and he was full of the enemy and they were scared of his radical nature. And then you had his family who loved him, who didn't want to see him hurt. And they heard the rumors that he was going to be killed. And then you had his innermost circle. So here in Mark 3, 20 through 35, we begin to take up and see what this whole thing looks like. We see two different opinions about Jesus, or three different ones. It says, then his mother and his brothers came. And standing outside, they sent word to him and called him. A crowd was sitting around him and told him, look, your mother, your brothers, and your sisters are outside asking for you. He replied to them, who are my, bro my mother and my brothers? And looking about at those who were sitting in the circle around him, he said, here are my mother and my brothers. Whoever does the will of God is my brother and sister and mother. I want to say that again. Whoever does the will of God is my brother and sister and mother. It's incredible how Jesus explains the dynamic of spiritual family. It's a little different than physical family. How physical family has uh, an air of the mother, she birthed him into the world. The sister was right there when he was born and walked along with him. But in this spiritual family, sometimes it's a, it's a little different. The dynamics are different. The ages are different. It could, it could be a little mixed up. And here's the, the, the most amazing thing. Families, intermediate families are they're either created by adoption or born uh, through blood, right? Through the birth. You're, you're a family member because your your mother and your father are together or your mother and your stepfather or whatever it may be, whatever your dynamic is. But here as a believer, it's the blood of Jesus Christ that brings us together, that bonds us, that makes us one on one accord. And your mother in faith may be somebody who's younger than you that's been walking with Jesus Christ much, much longer than you. And so in the spirit, they're your mother in faith. Last week, the women of God gave us a, a, an incredible explanation of the mothers of faith and how you can have mothers in the spirit spirit. Mothers may be older or younger than you if they are, if they've led you to Jesus Christ or if they're discipling you, it may be somebody who may be a mother for you in the faith and that may be a part of your inner circle. But I love how Jesus defines what family looks like in the word. Anybody that does his will and the way you do his will is very simple. How is it? I get excited about this. You must be born again. Jesus tells Nicodemus that you must be born again. And when you're born again, there's a few things that begin to happen. One, the arms of the Lord wrap around, they're big enough to wrap around all of us. That's the interesting thing about our inner circle. Excuse my mouth. I'm so excited. I'm going everywhere. That's the interesting thing about, about our inner circles is that our arms are not wide enough to gather everybody in and take care of all the, the flock. Only Jesus has arms big enough to love and have compassion 
for everyone, right? And we thank him for that. Number two, his conversations are, are timely and they're able to reach out to everybody and touch their hearts in effective ways where we get tired. I noticed that I have an app called Marco Polo that I love to use with my brothers in the faith. And I use that app, but I noticed that when I open up the app and I see nine or 10 messages there that I know are gonna be two, three, four, five, ten 10 minutes long, I get a little bit drained. Though I love listening to every one of those messages, I find myself drained. I love to know that my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, does not get drained. When he hears our cries and our prayers, he wants our conversations. He yearns for us to have those intimate moments. Are you being intimate with the Lord? Or have you joined the inner circle of the Lord by being born again? You must be born again by the Spirit. Some of y'all saying, well, how can I be born again? I need you to know it's a spiritual birth. A sp it's a mind transformation that happens. Here's number three. He's not limited by time or energy in his communing with us. Number four, if you're a part of his family, he gives you his mind. You're transformed by the renewing of your mind. And when you get his mind, when you get conformed to the ways of God, it's important that you know you shouldn't be alone in Christ. You shouldn't be alone by yourself. You should be alone with Christ, taking time to share time with him and, and pray and, and quiet down all the noise and just spend time just conversating and communing with God so you can hear what the Spirit is saying to your heart. The Bible says we won't pray. The day would come, and today is the day that we don't pray on this mountain, that mountain, this building of that building, this garage or that garage. No, we pray in spirit and in truth and God loves worshipers that worship in spirit he desires those that worship in spirit and in truth so you want to be alone with Christ when you're born again when your mind is conformed when your mind is conformed you want to separate from the crowd like Jesus in the scripture when they called him fanatic they called him crazy they called him all kinds of names they said he was full of enemy why because he had a radical radical message a radical faith he was not full of fear he had faith and he went forward and did all the things that the father commanded him to do and he gave us an opportunity to do the same thing through his spirit so be separate from the crowd you're in the world but not of the world it doesn't mean you have to be weird but you must be radical and have a radical faith it's especially important that we do that in this time you got to stop overloading your inner circle some of y'all got way too many people you're trying to call every day. You don't have enough time, energy, or arms to gather all of those people that you're trying to gather on a daily basis. You have to make sure that you be, you're intentional with your inner circle. Prune that thing. There's some people, their season may be up. It may be time for you to move forward and take a different road. Or maybe you've been wise and you've kept your circle just the right size where God has called you to keep it. And iron is truly sharpening iron. And when that iron is sharpening iron, both of you all are getting better. Whether you're the one that's discipling or whether you're, you're the one that's teaching or training or whether you're being taught, taught or trained, the, the iron sharpening iron is great. I, I thought about this. If there's iron sharpening plastic, might be a cut there, right? And that happens because the word of God, is, it cuts into the soul. It cuts into the heart. Some of you all are hearing this message right now. The Holy Spirit is cutting you to the core. Why? Because you know you need Jesus. You know you need to get your inner circle right. And you know you got to do some things to transform your mind. So I pray the Holy Spirit is hitting you right where it hurts this morning. Why? Because that's going to bless you and lead you and guide you in the ways of righteousness. The final thing is we must sit at the feet of Jesus. How I love the story of Mary and Martha there in the kitchen doing their thing. Martha's cooking. She's doing all this stuff because why? She wants to take care of the Lord Jesus. I believe her motives was good. She wanted to know. She wanted Jesus to know that she was there for him to do whatever he needed. She wanted to honor the king. But Mary sat there at the feet. And Jesus said that Mary yearned for the, for the better thing at that moment, for the good part. Have you chosen the good part to sit at the feet of Jesus and to soak in the things that he wants you to have in your spirit? 
the word that he has affirmed, the word that he has established, the cornerstone that he is of that word of truth. Are you embracing that and sitting at his feet, learning everything you need to learn in order for the Lord to lead you where he's trying to lead you? Are you trusting him? I hope you are. So here's the incredible thing. Why do we embrace Jesus? Why do we sit at his feet? Why do we uh, uh, listen to, to God and allow him to transform our lives? Why? Because he came for us. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whosoever believe in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that through him the world may be saved. I love the scripture that says, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart the Lord Jesus, that he died and rose from the grave that you will be saved. You have to confess that. So we, he has the power. He went into the grave and came out. They put a Roman guard around him to stop him from coming out. Why do we trust Jesus with our life change? Why do we sit at his feet? Because he's the all power. He said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. He said, blessed are those who believe and have not seen. We trust Jesus because he's the all-knowing, the all-powerful. He brought a message of the kingdom. He brought a message of the good news of God that the kingdom he came to bring was not a physical kingdom, though it affects the physical world. It's a spiritual kingdom. He came to transform our hearts, our minds, and our souls and light us on fire. Isn't it interesting that when a fire starts, right, it doesn't matter if the fire starts here and goes here and goes there. If you touch that fire, you're going to be burned. You're going to be burned. Why? Because the fire is hot no matter which place that it goes. And when Jesus came to set a fire ablaze in Jerusalem that would stretch across all of the world and still be lasting 2,000 years later, that's something only God could do. And so I want you to understand the good news of Jesus Christ that he came so that you could have life and have that life more abundantly. I need you to know that Jesus is the key to unlocking all of scripture. That's why we sit at his feet. That's why we allow him to change our lives. That's why we go after Jesus so hard. Because if you want to know what the scriptures really mean, you have to have the key. And Jesus is the key to the entire text, the Old Testament and the New and everything in between. If you want to know what it's talking about, you've got to know what Jesus is about. And when you have some of Jesus, you've got all that you need. And so begin to dive into that word with the lens that Jesus wants you to have everything that he's laid there for you. But you have to pick it up, embrace it as a gift. Are you ready to do that? And your inner circle is important. This is what he says. So when we're talking about the inner circle, that's what Jesus said is important. Not only did he say it, he showed it with his actions of Peter, James, and John. There's three different moments that Jesus brings those inner circles together, right? And it's probably more moments than that, but there's three that I can think of right now that really stand out about as I study the scriptures. Three that really stood out to commentators and, and, and men that have passed on way before me who studied God in an even, even deeper level. The first one is Jairus' daughter. She was dying. She was dead. And Peter, James, and John went with Jesus. They rose her up. And then the inner circle went with Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration when Jesus went up and he had Moses and Elijah. And they were saying, hey, should we make a tent for all three? And they were ready to worship. And they were blown away by the magnificent glory of the Lord Jesus there on the mountain. And then the final one was in the garden before Jesus was going to be hung on the cross. And he was praying and great drops of blood were dropping. And they were asleep. Those were incredible moments where Jesus brought this inner circle. He was challenging them. These three men would be used in incredible ways. And the Bible doesn't tell us exactly why God chose those three specifically. But all of those three had, had an experience with death in a certain way, with glory in a certain way, and with the knowing that Jesus was about to be glorified in an incredible way. They got to see Jesus press in through the storm of anxiety and trust his father and know that 
your will be done. And although they fell asleep through it, God, he brought them there so they could see the anguish that he had for us, the weight that he carried for us, your sin and mine. The Bible says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But Jesus came to give us saving grace. Are you ready to accept that? And do you know that he wants you to invite you into the inner circle? But you must receive him. You must be born again. And if you're born again and you're in that inner circle, you will have life and you'll have life more abundantly. He is the river of living water. When you drink from Jesus, spiritually, when you drink from Jesus, he will, he will bless your life. You'll, you will never be thirsty again. Yes, you may have moments where you get you lose focus and you lose track and you stop drinking from the well of living water and you find yourself in a place where you're messed up. Don't do that. Get you some people that can help sharpen you and keep you where you need to be so that you can keep drinking from the living water of Jesus Christ and the Spirit can keep filling you over and over again and you can go in power and do the things that God has called you to do. But it's going to take that inner circle to make sure you stay where you need to be. Do you have the inner circle? John 14 30 through 31. I love this. It says, I will not talk with you much longer because the ruler of the world is coming. He has power, has no power over me. This is Jesus speaking. On the contrary, so that the world may know that I love the Father, I do as the Father commanded me. This is speaking about how Jesus came and he did all that the Father commanded. There's an incredible dynamic going on between the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The pillars of it are throughout the entire text. And, and although there's a complex nature there, I thank God that he was willing to come and explain it in language that his children could even grasp it and be able to say, I trust him and I believe him. And not only that, but he gave us his spirit to help us understand even more of, of the text that he left for us through his apostles and prophets. Here's the final thing I'm going to leave you on that section. As you embrace the way of Jesus and begin to build or prune your inner circle intentionally, you must ensure that your inner circle has the mind of Jesus Christ. Does your inner circle have the mind of Christ? Is your inner circle thinking about the things of God? Are they, are they out there doing things of the world and, and, and getting drunk and, and, and having uh, all kinds of uh, sexual relations in different ways? And I can't go there because some kids are watching and all that. Y'all know what I mean. But are, are your, is your friend circle committed to Jesus? Are they born again? Do they have the mind of Christ? Or are they following you towards Christ and not pulling you away from the things of God? Romans 12 and 2 says this. Do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may discern what is the good, pleasing and perfect will of God. Your inner circle must have the mind of Christ. Jeremiah 22 and 23, 23 and 22. I'll, let's flip that. It says, if they had really stood in my counsel, they would have enabled my people to hear my words and would have turned them back from their evil ways and their evil deeds. And here's the final scripture I want to read for you. And all of these are dealing with your inner circle and them having transformed minds of Jesus Christ. Here's the final word, the uh, Proverbs 13 and 20. Proverbs 13 and 20. It says, the one who walks with the wise will become wise, but a companion of fools will, will suffer harm. Are you making sure your, your inner circle is intentional and moving forward? Have you pruned it? Are you making sure the iron is sharpening iron? Are you, are you trusting God to direct your path in all your ways? If you're doing that, I promise you that the river of living water is not only going to flow in you, but it's going to flow through you and come out, and you're going to be a blessing to others. Your cup is going to fill up and run over, and you're going to continue to be a blessing all around. I thank God for you guys listening. I thank God for your time, for your generosity, for your, for your pressing the likes and saying amen. Every time you press that heart or that thumbs up, 
It's like you said, hey, amen, I'm there with you, and we're shouting together and encouraging each other, iron sharpening iron. I thank God for all of you. I hope that you understand what I mean by the inner circle. I hope you get it. I hope you understand how important it is that you follow Jesus when he tells you that you need to prune that circle, but don't be untrustworthy. Don't be cynical. Don't come to the point where you say, I'm not trusting nobody. Don't be unforgiving. You have to give fresh grace every day. Renew the grace in your heart every day. Every time you wake up, you got to say, I'm going to trust again. I'm going to love again. I'm going to give opportunities again. Now, you don't want to be foolish. There may be some people that, like I said, you need to prune. And it may be time to move them on to another category. But you have to forgive. And you have to allow opportunities for other people to walk into those areas that God wants to walk in. Why? Because that may be your blessing on the way. And if you deny that person who God is trying to place into your life, you may find yourself missing great opportunities that God is giving for you. So renew the fresh grace every day and allow yourself an opportunity to bring people into that circle. And you've got to trust God with that circle. Let him direct you in that circle. The people who are around you we're going to talk about over the next few weeks, the family, the church, the different parts of the circles that you have. I pray today you've been blessed. Remember, continue. Remember, continue smashing those buttons, hitting that heart, hitting that like. Let me know you're here. God bless you. Amen. I pray that you will continue giving generously. Share those tithes. If God has placed on your heart to give faithfully to that, we thank you for that. And, and make sure you share this video. Go back and watch the worship if you didn't get to watch it. Watch it. We appreciate you. It's New City Church, Loma Vista. I'm Pastor, Pastor Price. Thank you so much for taking time today to listen. God bless you. We appreciate you, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for joining us today, and thank you for supporting New City's ministry. If this inspired you and you want to partner with New City, you can give now by clicking the link in the description or visit newcitychurch.com slash podcast for more info. Be blessed.